Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, Department of Defense whistleblower. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Friday, August 4th in the year 2023. You know, we are sitting in an unbelievable moment right now when we're actually starting to understand that the attack on the American people, the citizens of the United States, was origined out of the Department of Defense in alignment with other agencies like Health and Human Services. There have been an enormous amount of people damaged by this injection and Equally, what we don't have a good optic on but are beginning to understand are the horrors which were imposed upon our soldiers, many of whom did not want the vax but were put into a corner, coerced, and even almost mentally tortured to take it. But in the midst of that, there are some heroes, some people that are literally coming forward and who held the line, people that put up with all of the attacks, all of the accusations, and even court martial. This person tonight, First Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, is one of these patriots. You want to talk about a man who wears this uniform with meaning? When you talk about enemies domestic that you're defending us against, this is one of these soldiers. An incredible soldier that began in the Air Force, then went through, a, went through an officer training to join the Army, and was then assigned to the Army Public Health Center at Aberdeen Proving Ground in Maryland. Then we got covid then he did his job, and then the Pentagon court-martialed him. That's correct. They court-martialed him for doing his job. This is the military leadership that we have these days. It's sickening. But tonight, this patriot is, here on, is going to give us the story of what happened and the risks and damage that has happened to our military, and it's one you need to listen to. Now, patriots, before we begin tonight, we are in a critical time where we are dealing with psychopaths. I can't say that enough times. These people will do anything. And literally, this is literally a Nazi regime that has taken us over in this nation that is trying to make the people of this nation suffer. Do not be, find yourself unprepared. We are facing all sorts of disasters. The climate disasters, we are dealing with political upheaval. We are dealing with all sorts of things, even the collapse of yellow trucking line the other day, which should send up flares for everybody. 30,000 jobs lost, which means that the transportation of goods and services is approaching a critical point. That means food is going to be used as a weapon to break your will. Don't let it happen. We, the people, have to be stronger than that. So execute a good food plan. Part of doing that is to get yourself set up with a baseline of food, 90 days for each person in your family, to ensure that this long-term portable and, and long-term storable food, the best place for that is My Patriot Supply. So if you head to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, right now they have a 25% off savings on their three-month food supply system. It's fantastic. This is one of the best deals I've ever had, and it's a critical time to make sure that you have all of your bases covered and that you are prepared for anything that's to come. So head on over to preparewithbards.com. Check out the, what they have. The three-month system is on, like I said, 25% off. It's not something you want to miss, and it's definitely something everybody needs in their food preparation system and their plan. So again, preparewithbards.com, 25% off on the three-month food system. Check it out today. Now, Patriots, this is a, a, an amazing man that you're going to meet tonight. He's a father. He's, he's married, obviously, and they have endured one of the most treacherous attacks I've seen for a man that literally started out by refusing to wear the mask, and then he went further as to, as to notify the Department of Defense of the threats that were happening with this vax and even the threats of the swabs. Now, recently, there's been a video circulating around talking about how unvaxxed people have been become contaminated with the mRNA, these sort of things in the blood. And it's caused a lot of stir. But what I want to point out is by Mark, 
Bashaw's own research, the suggestion is that many of these that were unvaxxed but were swabbed, and that's how they got poisoned by this substance out here. These swabs have been contaminated on many different levels and may have actually been carrying some of the graphene oxide, mRNA, whatever they had in there to get it into people's blood. Remember, they were pushing up near that barrier between the brain, near the brain, and many of those issues is causes permanent damage. This was a ruthless attack, absolute ruthless attack on the American public. And the more that we learn, we understand that it originated much from the bowels of our Department of Defense, which means you have military contractors, the military industrial complex tied in with the government, tied in with the CIA, and probably likely tied in with elements of NSA and FBI. And let's not forget the entire political machine. And if you doubt that, just look around at how many people are saying stop the vax. And just so I say this, because we everybody still loves to do this thing as well. It's your choice, but we want to have choice on whether to take the vax. Absolutely not. There's, this thing needs to be repealed from the, taken off the market. And every single person that was involved in distributing this injection, this bioweapon, needs to face trial. And that's Nuremberg 2.0. Fortunately, that action is moving forward with great attorneys like Attorney Todd Callender, who's making sure that these people will be held accountable, and ultimately those that were knowingly involved in pre pressing this destructive agent will face trials and ultimately probably hang from the gallows. But Lieutenant Mark Bashaw is a hero. He was the one of these early people that came out and said something's wrong. He did his job. That's what he was hired to do. And because he did his job, they ruthlessly attacked him. They employed the elements of the media. They spread hundreds of articles about him to defame him, to destroy his character. And on top of it, they discharged him with a general discharge. All that said, this man's still holding strong and he's walking powerfully with Jesus. So this is going to be a great interview tonight, and I really look forward to bringing it to you. Before we get going, one last thing. As we know, these are psychopaths. Psychopaths enjoy causing damage and harm to people. That would also mean that they enjoy causing mass damage and a burnt, scorched earth policy towards this entire country. So prepare. One of those things that they definitely would love to do is drop an EMP or arrange to have an EMP dropped on our, on our society. And so avoid that risk and that worry. You need to go to EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get $50 off. And then you get 10% off in addition to that right now because they have a site-wide sale for Freedom Sale that's going on. So it's $50 off with your Bards code plus free shipping. And then you add an additional 10% off right now on the site for their Freedom Sale. These are tested at the DHS and DOD labs to the highest standards for EMP. They're American-made. And they will resist an EMP level 1, 2, and 3, including lightning strikes and solar flares. A great product. I have it on my ATV have it on my Jeep. My dad has it on his vehicles. We have it on the house. These things are there, and it's essential that you take this precaution. This is an insurance policy of the best kind. So check it out, empshield.com, empshield.com. Use your promo code BARDS. There's a fantastic resource library on the site. You can read about their certifications. You can read about the company, and you can even see how to install them, which are really easy to install. So empshield.com, promo code BARDS. All right, Patriots. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Lieutenant Mark Bashaw. Well, Patriots, today I am extremely honored to have Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, who is a whistleblower that's come out of Army Medical Corps. And let me tell you, this man has been put through the ringer by our Department of Defense. And it's, it's really heartbreaking to see what they're doing to our soldiers. But it's such an honor to have Mark on today. Mark, how are you? Scott, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. It's just an honor to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background so we kind of get familiar with you? Yeah, so I served uh, active duty 17 and a half years, initially enlisted in the Air Force back in seven, uh, 17 January 2006. And um, back in September 2019, uh, I made it to the rank of E7, which is a Master Sergeant of the Air Force. I, I came in with no education, but I earned a, a master's degree after hours on my own time. And back in September 2019, I commissioned into the Medical Services Corps as a preventive medicine officer with a specialty in medical entomology. So that's your 
uh, vector-borne threats such as mosquito-borne diseases, malaria, Zika virus, th these sorts of uh, things that impact service members, but also non-battle-related injuries, uh, such as, for example, these, these injections that were forced on service members and then the injuries that we started to see. Um, so I've done quite a bit of risk communication strategy in the Air Force, uh, dealing with vector-borne disease as well. Uh, and that that translated over into the Army. Uh, and in January of 2020, after training, after the initial Army training, after commissioning, I was. Uh, they sent me to the Army Public Health Center at Aberdeen Proving Ground, Maryland, where I spent the last three years I served there as a, a stint as company commander for 13 months, and then as a preventive medicine officer in the in the entomolo entomological section, uh, to where I was doing risk communication uh, for vector-borne disease to protect our service members. Now, I've actually been up in Aberdeen, and I'm just curious: are you were you part of the rapid development side of that, or was that more the engineering and prototype development side, or was that more the, the vector and, and disease? No. It's more of an educational piece to where uh, we go out and perform or train people to train soldiers to perform surveillance and contingency operations for uh, vectors such as mosquitoes and other things, uh, and then send them off to laboratories to get tested for whatever diseases we might find present um, and, and things like that. Developmental command within the Army is more, more along what you're talking about, which is also at Aberdeen Proving Grounds as well. Right. That's that's right. All right. So let's dig into what's happened here because this story is unbelievable. Yeah. This starts when COVID con rolls out, right? Is that basically it? Yeah. So um, I'll, I, I can bring it back to July 2020. Uh, July 2020, I specifically remember. Um, and even before that, I was very keen on, I was very curious as, to, as to why we weren't talking about therapeutics. And I was very keen on the fact that this, this Hegelian dialect of a problem being forced down our throats in, in, the, in the aspect of a disease, right, called COVID-19, um, was being forced down our throats, uh, weaponized upon the people. And I, I was kind of watching. And then I was I was curious as to the fact that coming from a medical entomology standpoint, I was curious as to why we weren't at least discussing therapeutics. And then when my curio curiosity peaked and I started sending official inquiries to the director of the Army Public Health Center asking, is the Department of Defense looking into hydroxychloroquine, you know, some of the therapeutics for treatment, because this is what we use you know, for vector-borne disease in overseas location, I quickly realized that they were going to go all in on this experimental injection, and that was their solution. And they were they were not willing to talk about any alternatives whatsoever. So that that's kind of the the initial start of where I came from, and that was back in July of 2020. What was the some of the red flags that jumped out at you early on? Um, the weaponized um, risk communication strategy. So not necessarily having a scientific method approach, like the proper scientific method where, you know, you, you, you question things, you create a hypothesis, you test your hypothesis, you create a conclusion. Um, the testing aspect to where we were forcing and coercing individuals into this. Um, and you got to get tested. You got to get tested. You know, everything was forcing people into testing and the testing as I'm sure your audience is probably familiar with. It was, you know, anything you can create a false positive narrative with the tests, with these PCR tests, but also the rapid antigen. So we weren't, from my standpoint, from my viewpoint, as a science-minded individual, it it threw the scientific method out the window, and it was, it was, it was just just do this, just do this, and there was no uh, method to the madness, and so that was that was the primary red flags to me. They started early on. Obviously, masks were a big deal, and then we rolled into the vax. 
How did you respond to the mask issue? Because that was, an, in, from my perspective, that was the first moment of insanity. Oh, that, so I was, that probably triggered me the most because I have children. And so uh, some of the schools my children were going to, even a Christian school, uh, was forcing these kids to get masked. And there was no, again, there was no uh, rhyme or reason to it. There was no scientific um, reason for it. I mean, you know, I, and even with my soldiers, uh, for example, when we when we did when I was commander and and we were doing uh, physical training in the gym in the morning, you know, the gym staff would be like, hey, you guys can separate six feet apart and drink water, but you can't separate six feet apart and and take your mask down and breathe uh, fresh air after first sergeant gets done smoking us with with burpees or you know, one of his, one of his exercise routines. And so that to me, what it, it didn't make sense. And then being medical um, and being, you know, having those altercations with these individuals coming at me and saying, you know, Lieutenant, you got to put your mask up. I'm like, listen, I'm six feet apart, trying to breathe there, you know, trying to look out for my soldiers. I don't need my soldiers you know, falling out and smashing their head on the floor because they can't breathe, breathe oxygen. So that was, that was my primary with the children. And then with my soldiers, uh, just didn't, there was, it didn't make sense. No, not at all. So this rolls in then to the beginning of the discussion of the VAX, which that was kind of a staged process, as I recall, because they started to talk about introducing it, mm -hmm. getting kind of everybody prepped, and then they started to roll it in and mandate it. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So in the military, it was a lot of the mindset was, oh, well, a majority of the military didn't want to take it. Um, and so that's an important point. Majority of the military did not want to participate with this. And the ones uh, who have been in the military quite a while kind of understood that, well, they're going to mandate it anyway. And so some you'd have some of the early adopters there. Um, but my perspective the entire time was, uh, let's pump the brakes. This is this is experimental. This is completely experimental. This is completely rushed. I made it absolutely abundantly clear, especially when I was commander, that it's available, but you have the option to to participate with this if you would like to. Um, but I at no point was coercing, forcing, or any of that, and making my stance pretty clear, um, pretty clear up until up until the the mandate of August 2021, when the SecDef came out and said they're now mandating the FDA approved and licensed uh, injections for all service members. Now that's where they pulled a big sleight of hand, if I'm not mistaken. And I think you just talked yes. about this recently on one of your Twitter posts. Can you go into that, please? Yeah, so uh, the same day, the day after the FDA created a marketing FDA BLA licensed approval was the same day it expired. But the next day, the Secretary of Defense mandates the FDA approved and licensed uh, injection upon all, for all service members. The only problem was the Department of Defense did not have the FDA approved and licensed product. All they had was the emergency use authorized products. And with that, a service member has the option, must be given the option to accept or refuse. This is federal statute law. And um, they went on to around September 2021, a, a individual by the name of Secretary, um, I think she was um, Veteran Health Affairs, assistant to the Secretary of Defense, Veteran Health Affairs, Terry Adderham comes out and she she creates this interchangeability memo stating that the, the FDA approved injections are interchangeable with the emergency use authorized uh, injections, which is uh, illegal as well, given the statute says that you can't have an FDA approved uh, injection interchangeable with an EUA. They're legally distinct. And so that memo was uh, further weaponized against service members when service members would go to their local clinics and say, hey, I'm looking for the FDA approved and licensed product. 
they would then say, well, we only have the EUA, but they're interchangeable, which again is is lawfully inaccurate, illegal, unlawful, whatever you want to call it. Now, you're sitting in a position where you're supposed to be doing risk communications. You're developing concepts to keep people aware of what the threat is. And somewhere in here, they've got to be restraining you in what you're trying to say, I'm assuming. Yeah, so it started when um, when they started targeting the unvaccinated to this point. And so when the when when the mandate rolled around for the FDA approved injections, that's when commanders started targeting your unvaccinated or quote unquote unvaccinated service members. And most of these service members had a conviction of of or a right of conscience in one way or another, whether it was religious or not. And so at that point in time, I made a concerted and conscious effort to let my chain of command know not only was I submitting a religious accommodation prior to prior to this for all injections, but that these injections, specifically COVID-19, had enormous safety signals within the VAERS database, which is the, the Center for Disease Control Vaccine Adverse uh, Event Reporting System, which is also according to official communication I have with the director at the Defense Health Agency, Colonel Tanya Rands herself, who runs the entire immunization program for the Defense Health Agency. She confirmed that the VAERS database is the Department of Defense's official database to report adverse events from injections, from vaccines, from COVID-19 experimental injections. And so, we had enormous signals in the database, and I started pushing that up to the chain of command, uh, like many other service members did. And it was just, it continuously fell on deaf ears. All right, so wait a minute. VAERS is their, is their standard? Because I thought they gave us the runaround that it was DMED. So DMED is, the, is a database we use uh, to look for signals, um, specific injuries. Um, so, for example, we can... We can get more specific with the injuries that are impacting the force with DMED. And so if you want to look for an ICD code, which is um, uh, ICD codes are the classification that the medical community uses to classify an injury, whether it's a knee injury, whether it's a disease, you name it. And so uh, DMED, you can get really specific and run specific reports on the the active duty component so not only uh did we have the the De department of defense's VARES database for official reporting of adverse events but we also have the dmed database like you alluded to that was also showing signals but yes both of those database are both of those databases are tools for the Department of Defense's medical community to, to look for signals. And just so we understand this, because this, this is going to go down the way here, we're going to go back to DMED, but who can, can, who can change the data in DMED? As far as I know, that's not supposed to be touched. Is that correct? It's not supposed to be touched. And the interesting thing about DMED um, is it's a contractor, a, a quote-unquote small business contractor called Unisant, which runs this multi multi million dollar contract for DMED and the data after we reported it after uh Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, Doc Pete Chambers, uh Doc Sam Sigaloff and my and myself came out and and brought this information to Senator Ron Johnson's roundtable they um a week later the data changed it, it completely changed. And, and then the Department of Defense refused to answer Senator Johnson's inquiries about the data and instead uh, released a Politico, uh, a Politico article about how there was a quote unquote glitch in the system. <laughs> Politico. That's good. That's nice. But like hand it right into the CIA. That's wonderful. Wild. I'll tell you. Yeah, it is. This you you said before we started the show that this rabbit hole is deep, and it is deep. This is crazy. It is deep. So, Mark, tell us a little bit now. You've you've confronted your your senior command. You're look you're seeing signals, and I just and when you 
let's talk about a little bit what signals are. What what types of things are jumping out at you when you say signals? Uh, so initially, it was the fares database. Um, so we have we have this shot that's uh, expedited, rolled out among the force. We know it's experimental. We know it's emergency use authorized. And the first the first signals we see are theirs. And so as a service member and specifically as a medical officer, I have a duty to report substantial and significant dangers to public health and safety. But also, according to Army regulation, that's that communication is classified as protected communication. And so uh, we saw that. And then uh, that was September 2021. I started communicating that to my chain of command. And then later, DMED came along for me. I became aware of DMED in, in December uh, or early January of 2020. Uh, 2022, and and that information was being communicated to members of Congress, specifically Senator Ron Johnson, uh, who he uh, used that data to officially inquire with the Secretary of Defense. So you've pushed this data up, and this is I'm kind of what I'm understanding is this is when the problems begin because you're starting to identify these these signals that are showing things aren't going right, and they don't want to hear that. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, fingers in the ears, la, 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 was uh, the common theme. Uh, the The problem was, is for tens of thousands and, and possibly even hundreds of thousands of service members, there was a order that came down to test all of the unvaxxed, the quote unquote unvaccinated service members on a two times a week basis in order to access their federal uh the federal buildings or their or their places of duty and we have to remember for your audience not only are the vaccine or or these injections uh, experimental emergency use authorized which comes with specific legalities and a framework that a service member must be given the option to accept or refuse, but also are the tests and the masks because none of the mass tests and injections were or still are, uh, they were never FDA approved. And so what the Department of Defense did and what each branch did in order to coerce service members further uh, for the, the individuals who had right of conscience against and convictions against these injections is they weaponized the testing scheme against them uh, to single them out and, and to and to test them on a two times a week basis, which is also an experimental, uh, you know, medical procedure. In a recent post you had on Twitter, you did a analysis of one of those swabs. What did you discover? Yeah, so the the swabs look to me, not only are they impregnated with ethyl oxide, which is a carcinogen, uh, but they look to me like they, they're they quite sharp um, and they could easily be impregnated with, with something. Um, it definitely, I, you know, I used a regular Q-tip in that post you mentioned, and it is definitely not a regular Q-tip. Um, and the fact is, that these tests are experimental emergency use authorized. And when I say that for your audience out there, that comes with the fact that all of the individuals who choose to participate with those testing kits or PCR tests or swabs, whatever it is, they they are the ones that bear the sole liability because of the liability protections that the manufacturers, distributors, covered persons, they call them, uh, are granted with the, the PREP Act. That's crazy. So those swabs often damage the, the crib reform plate. Yeah. And they shove them so far up that, you know, who knows what, what other untold damage is being done uh, to, the, to the human body. Wow. That's, and soldiers were being subjected to this, especially if they were unvaxxed. Is that correct? Yes. Twice a week in order to access their place of duty. Unbelievable. Twice a week. And again, by federal law, federal statute law, 
a service member must be given the option to accept or refuse these products. So you asked earlier, when did the problem start? The problem started for me when I started communicating these protected communications to my chain of command, which is also a protected communication is also a violation of regulation or federal law. And, um, you know, they got they put me in a position to where I had to show up to my place of duty without being tested or masked. And and that's exactly what I did. And they they then went on to charge me with Article 92, send me to a court martial, uh, banned me from all public health facilities for for 413 days, uh, threatened me with Leavenworth imprisonment. Uh, weaponized behavioral health against me, uh, weaponized CPS family advocacy program against my children. Um, what else? Uh, withheld promotion to captain. Uh, and 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 eventually, after 546 days of retaliation on June 26, 2023, this year, I was generally discharged with unacceptable conduct after 17 and a half years of service for submitting this protected communication to my chain of command and to members of Congress. But the problem is, for your audience out there, even, and I want to highlight this, this significant issue in the fact that Senator Ron Johnson's office was consistently submitting formal inquiries with the Department of Defense and being ignored, a sitting senator being ignored by Secretary of Defense and your executive branch. And so that right there is quite alarming. It's very alarming. It's just showing that we were. this was basically a coup and it was being run. You've already mentioned one of the key players here, which is the fact that the DMED was being managed by a private contractor. So we've got the military industrial complex full feet into this, which isn't. So what, what follows then? You've gone through this whole... Th- process of being put through a court martial they've they launched a media assault on you i mean just i and where did that leave you then when they sent you out i mean i i have you know i'm still trying to pick up the pieces i'm trying to figure out what's what's next you know i i have a pretty strong faith-based foundation and i consistently give it over to my lord and savior and ask him where he wants me next but as far as, you know, after 17 and a half years of active duty, that leaves me with, you know, some issues on my record. Um, you know, right now I'm potentially going to look for a discharge review board and there's some avenues there in, in the legal aspect. But, you know, this story is egregious. Yes, my story is egregious, but I want to highlight the fact that there are ten, close to 10,000 service members that that were unlawfully discharged similar to me from the military given a general discharge and on their dd-214s were have the characterization of misconduct of a serious offense for refusing to be experimented on with these products and so it's not yeah i mean i was at the army public health center medical officer trying to do my job um but there's tens of thousands of service members who have just been destroyed um, just just as much. Mark, in, in the circles that you were rolling, just in your immediate work area there in the medical command, were you the only one calling this out and standing up to this? There was only one other. Uh, she was a uh, she was an NCO. Um, and that was it. Out of uh, there was a hundred, a hundred four active duty service members there, and close to six hundred civilians. I know there's some civilians that that were standing up, uh, but as far as service members at this specific location, it was just myself and myself and a staff sergeant, uh, or a, an NCO E five. And then she went on to she said she said enough is enough. I'm leaving. I'm not sticking around this abusive relationship and so she after six or seven years of service she separated she got out she left so that's that's another thing is 
so there was close to 10,000 service members that got unlawfully discharged, meaning involuntarily separated. But think about all the service members who 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 said, you know, retention, enough is enough. I'm out of here. And then think about the recruiting crisis that we're in. And, and just today, I saw the the senior uh, enlisted leader trying to focus on social media influencers to try to increase recruiting. And it's like, well, I mean, look at what you did to us in this all volunteer force. Yeah, that was in Stars and Stripes. Top NCO says social media influencers can give U.S. military a recruiting boost. Don't come talking to me. Right, right. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you right now. But they're gonna they're, they're gonna offer money or something through recruiting command because that's they've got a ton of it and they're gonna try to make this. And you know, it's amazing when they take this pictures. They're all laughing like this is no big deal. Right, and it's you know to me and my brothers and sisters and and to the patriots out there, we see exactly what the threats. Uh, to our homeland and and within the threats within, not without. I mean, sure, there's already always, you know, the foreign adversaries, but we have we have an infiltration, not an invasion. Yes, we do. What do you think has happened in our officer corps? I mean, you're a young officer and I you know, and just so I context put this in context for people that aren't haven't been in the military. The second lieutenant, lieutenant, and captain are some of our best ranks in the military. That's what's made our military so resilient, so adaptive. And it's been the strength of the second lieutenant, the lieutenant, and the captains that have been able to speak the truth like you're doing that have given us that resilience over time. What has happened to our to our command structure? Because it's just become unbelievably complicit in a crime that's unimaginable. I would say um, indoctrination, indoctrination through the formal education process. And then unless an individual asks for that proper discernment um, and, and understands what their oath of office and oath of enlistment actually mean, they're going to go along to get along. And that's exactly what we've seen. We've seen the go along to get along. And there's a lot of good officers out there. I'm not going to say there's not. There's a lot of good officers out there. Um, but I'm over here getting my neck chopped off and, um, you know, behind the scenes, I'll see him come up to me and say, Hey man, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. What's going on. It's like, um, I could use some backup over here. I mean, we all took an oath to the constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. We have a duty, uh, to, to stand up and speak up when we see violations of laws, regulations, and specific substantial threats to public health and safety, which is coming from these injections and not not the disease, the quote unquote disease itself, because our service members are largely healthy populace. So why are we experimenting on service members? Why are we forcing and coercing service members into these experiments and then watching them be injured? It just doesn't, it, it's it's a complete assault. And um, as officers, our only legitimate contract we have is our oaths of office that we signed, which is in the Army, a Department of the Army Form 71. It's our contract to support and defend the, the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. And th that's it. There is no other contract. There might be service agreements, service obligations, but those aren't the legitimate contract. The legitimate contract is our oath of office. And that's something when I went through training, specifically officer training, they weren't, they didn't talk about that. They didn't speak about that fundamental truth. Wow. Well, we've got a major problem, obviously, in our force structure. We have weak command. We have people that are unwilling to stand up for their oath. Have you seen a shift in some of that attitude since you've come out and been more so vocal? Yeah, I think there's um, the consciousness levels rising to understand what's happened and how serious uh, it is. And I like to believe, again, this is speculation. I don't know this to be true, but I like to believe all of these individuals who who shirked their duties and watched their brothers and sisters get destroyed in one way or another the past three years. I like to believe they're, 
they're waiting for their opportunity to stand up uh shoulder to shoulder and and you know uphold their their duty but again that's just speculation but i'd like to believe i i do think the consciousness level is rising to where people are more open to the conversations versus two years ago or even a year ago or even a couple weeks ago to where even at the onset of this especially in the medical community it baffled me that nobody was willing to discuss the VAERS data. It was like, and that was that was a big thing for me is I saw the official risk communication strategy from the Army Public Health Center. I have the document uh, and anybody who wants to see that can go to ff1776.com and look at my documentation. But I had their official risk communication strategy. And on that risk communication strategy, it said, um, talk about the known risks of, of not getting the injection. And, and my simple question to them was, I see where it says, talk about the known risks of, of not getting the injection, but are we going to talk about the known risks of getting the injection? Because I have VAERS database, which is confirmed by Colonel Tanya Rands to be the Department of Defense official database to capture injuries from these injections i have the numbers there's at the time it was september 2021 and it was 800,000 injured and and 12 or or 14,000 dead so are we going to include that in the risk communication strategy silence and their silence was deafening and then of course i went on to get court martial court martial convicted um and, and things like that but also, what I came to find out in, in May of this year was there was a project called, and this project was le released in February of 2021 at the Army Public Health Apparatus, largely at the Army Public Health Center. And that project was called COVID-19 Vaccine Perception Management. And this program was targeted and, and it's laid out. Again, you can go over to ff1776.com. This is there. It's one of my whistleblower declarations to Senator Ron Johnson's office. But this program specifically targeted medical personnel at the local level military treatment facility to create informants out of them to use uh, their patient population to gain an understanding of the perception those patient population had towards the injection. And then what they would do is they would weaponize a risk communication strategy to increase, and I'm quoting here, increase uptake and decrease the possibility for a service member to apply for an exemption. And these are experimental emergency use authorized injections we're talking about. That's why it's so critical that a service member is given and must be given the option to accept or refuse because of largely what happened during the anthrax debacle, which out of that debacle created the legislation that created the federal statute to give a, to, to give a service member that option to accept or refuse. And that was my sole, that was one of my sole premises uh, to communicate to chain of command to say, hey, these are emergency use authorized and we must be given the option to accept or refuse. Here's the federal statute. You're breaking the law. And that's how you got court martialed. Basically. Yep. So, yeah, I, uh, I submitted an Article 138 official formal article 138 to my chain of command in a complaint because that's service members uh ability to petition uh for redress of grievance and so i submitted that after i initiated and submitted that i was then uh notified uh that colonel yevgeny vinman the staff judge advocate for my commanding general recommended to send me to a court martial and then the following day, after he signed off on the recommended charges for the commanding general, the commanding general closed out my petition for redress of grievance because of the pending court martial. 
Wow. How bad is the damage in the force? I would say it's catastrophic, um, either physically, because we have the signals, in, and I'm specifically referring to DMED now, where in 2021, we had 1,100% increase in viral vaccine injuries within our active component, uh, component force. And the only thing that changed in 2021 was the rollout of these injections. And then we have the moral injuries where you have service members coming to realize that they were coerced into an experiment and, and now finding out that the Department of Defense and, frankly, the country as a whole never had the FDA-approved and licensed injections. Man, and, there, and some of this is latent, too, in the way it responds, from myocarditis to brain tumors and, and clots, cancers, all of this. Right, cancers. Um, it's, it's like one of the most perfect bioweapons ever developed, to be honest with you, because it's, it's slow. Yeah. Talk through the court-martial experience if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, I had a civilian attorney and, and I was blessed to be um, fortunate enough to receive a grant from Truth for Health Foundation to help support with, with the attorney fees. And I also had a, a military um, JAG that came to the court-martial. Um, but as soon as I stepped into that court-martial, to me, it was a kangaroo court. Given the fact that we submitted a motion to dismiss to the judge and basically said, hey, we have the federal statute here that says a service member must be given the option to accept or refuse these products, whether it's a mask, a test, or an injection. They're all emergency use authorized. Um, he he denied that motion to dismiss. Uh, we requested expert witnesses. The judge, uh, based upon uh, Yevgeny, Vinman's recommendation also refused and denied uh, our expert witnesses. And so I showed up to the court-martial. I got put on the stand and I got cross-examined for close to a total of six hours. Uh, both, uh, it was a two-day process. So on the first day, it was the judge uh, determining whether or not the order was lawful. And so we submitted matters that it was unlawful. Ultimately, the judge uh, mis misrepresented the federal statute and determined it was a lawful order. And then we went into the rest of the court-martial, and I wasn't hiding the fact, I was never hiding the fact that I was not participating with these products. And, and throughout the court-martial, I was specifically um, stating the the dangers that were associated with these products and the reason why a service member must be given the option to accept or refuse. Service members bear the sole responsibility of participating with these products um, due to the liability, the liability prep act uh, conditions and and the VAERS data and and sitting there and and um, explaining this information. Well, ultimately, when sentencing came, the judge sentenced me to no no additional punishment. And he even recommended to the commanding general to drop the entire conviction, the entire findings of the court-martial. Hint, hint, he's a protected communicator. He's a medical officer at the Army Public Health Center submitting protected information to members of Congress and to the chain of command. Um, unfortunately, the commanding general, uh, which is, you know, his command authority he and his prerogative to, uh, he decided to use the conviction as a means, uh, a justification for elimination of my service after 17 years. And so... He submitted the my officer elimination, and that took about a year to process. And ultimately, the final authority on that process is the Secretary of the Army, Secretary Warmuth, and she ended up signing off on the elimination even after, uh, you know, I petitioned her with with all the federal statutes and everything you could possibly think of, and 
Senators Johnson's office even reached out to the Department of Defense, tell, you know, state reminding them uh, he's he's a named whistleblower with with Senator Johnson's office, but to no avail. I mean, this is a purge, is what we're, you're describing. Yeah, complete uh, complete purge on on the critical thinkers out there who were simply in my mind, trying to help their commanders with giving them proper information. Cause, cause as a former commander, as, as coming up enlisted, coming right out of high school, E1 up to E7, then commissioning, you know, I've learned over the years and I made it abundantly clear with my, with my soldiers and my airmen that if you ever have an issue, if you ever have a problem with me or an issue communicate it directly to me, communicate it through your chain of command, and we will we will do our best to perform a redress of what is going on. You know, there's obviously certain situations in combat where you don't want that, you know, that questioning happening, where it's it's tactical, things are flying around, it's 100 miles an hour, you can't have a soldier, an airman questioning uh, things in the heat of battle. But in this specific situation, we we have the information we had all the information we had all the signals we have the federal statutes we um it, it you know we had these unlawful orders coming down it is our duty as service members to disobey unlawful orders and to communicate that properly through the chain of command to perform a redress and at the very least our chain of command can push it higher uh so so one of these flag officers will will make a big boy decision or a big girl decision. But uh, from what we've seen, uh, they've all shirked their duties. How important was your faith in all of this, Mark? In, uh, incredibly important. My, my, you know, my faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, it, it was non, it, and to this day, to this day, ever since I submitted my life back in 2018, it was one step. Lord, help me see what I need to see. Help me hear what I need to hear. One step. Give me one step. One step at a time, Lord. And the past three years has been a growth in my spiritual foundation uh, like no other. The persecution, the times in persecution would go. It would go from you know five miles an hour to a thousand miles an hour in the snap of a finger. But during that, those times of persecution, focusing on God and Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, focusing on him, uh, I would never be able to get through. I would never have walked uh, the way I've walked. I, I, you know, I, I just couldn't have done it without my faith. And so now you are you're out of the military now. Is that right? So yeah, after 17 and a half years, I was I was discharged with the general. And I don't say any of this. I don't sit for the audience out there and anybody else listening. I don't say any of this out of victimhood. I say this um, to bring awareness of the belligerence, the foreign belligerence that has that is occurring right now within our executive branch and, and different parts of government to highlight how absolutely belligerent these individuals are to where they're not even recognizing their own federal statutes, their own regulations, their own rules, their own bylaws. And, and we're not even talking about the Constitution. We're talking about, you know, these legislated upon statutes and, and things like that. The Constitution, they they threw that out the window long ago. Incredible. Yes, they did. Mark, you have a website that people can follow this on? Is there, can they also support you there? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to freedomfighter1776.com or ff1776.com, it'll bring you to the same website. You can click on Lieutenant Bashaw's saga and you can read all of the evidence-based facts of, of what has happened. And you can also go to the bottom if you'd like to support. It's appreciated. Um, there's, there's other information information on that website. Uh, there's a the Patriot Resource Center where you can plug into to different uh, different individuals out there that are also sharing sharing the truth. So I'd, I'd really appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Well, we'll get that shared around, Mark. And it's there is something I have told people. I've told them this for, but it's on the show for the last couple of years. I'm going to reiterate it here. If there's any employers out there that wants to hire great people in the military right now, and you find people that have a general or dishonorable discharge because they stood up to the vax, you are hiring American heroes. And I need to make that very clear. You're hiring the best of the best that the Army no longer wants. And we, as America, want them. And we want you. This is awesome, Mark. Amen. Well, Mark, we always close with a prayer. If it's okay, I'll do a prayer. Yes, sir. Father God, I just want to thank you for this blessed meeting. And we're just very humbled today with a person who has literally stood by his oath, stood by his commitments to Jesus, and has walked a path truly of, of this path of having to be sacrifice his own career for the sake of truth. This is a noble walk. And so, Father, we're just asking a few things today and just asking in this blessing that you can shower blessings down upon Mark and his family to keep them safe and secure, to provide them for the resources that they need moving ahead. And though this is a difficult time, we know that this is a season, but this is an important season of truth that Lieutenant Mark Bashaw has provided an exemplar example of what truth looks like when you stand in uniform and you stand for this country and nation of what we're supposed to be doing in uniform. Father, we also pray that these words will echo deeply within the hearts of the many that are still in the ranks, that are hesitant, that may be held back. This is time to honor your oath. And this is a time to honor your God, the one God, the true God, and our Lord and Savior Jesus. And Father, we just thank you again for the heroes like Mark Bashaw, who has had the courage to show the nation again what it takes to be truly an American patriot. Bless him, guide him, protect his family. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, thank you for all you've done and all you continue to do. We'll make sure and spread your story out as far and wide. If there's anything you need, please get hold of me, okay? Appreciate you, Scott. God bless. Appreciate you. God bless you, man. Patriots, that was Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, and he is a patriot. This is a man who has suffered a great deal for the sake of standing by his oath and standing up to tyranny, and we have tyranny. It's a, and it's an infiltration, like you said, that has taken hold of senior ranks and corrupted our officer corps. And to how extensive that is, it's difficult to say, but we get a pretty good idea with the stories that are coming out now that this is a deeply infected leadership system that we have in our military that needs to be purged and needs to be held accountable for causing such damage and pain to America's great patriot soldiers that we have. So patriots, I do ask that you'll continue to keep Mark Bashaw and his family in your prayers and also head on over to ff1776.com or freedomfighter1776.com. Understand that in just some of the tests we just did during the show, Google seems to be blocking ff1776.com. So you might want to use a different browser. Brave doesn't block either one. And I haven't checked any other browsers other than Brave and Google Chrome. But be aware that there is an attempt. And furthermore, Google is going so far as to tell you your search is wrong, even if you put in freedomfighter1776.com. They don't want you going to his site I want you going to his site. Screw Google. So head on over there and let's give him some support as he needs. Spread it around and um, let's see what we can do. And, and as this moves forward, I'll get, we'll have Mark back on at some point. He's got some, some other incredible stories to tell. He and I had some good conversation before the show and after the show, and I'm in regular comms with him now, which I'm really honored to be. So Patriots, this is our fight and it's here and we're dealing with literal Nazis in our ranks that are trying to destroy our good soldiers and our good country. There is no other time but now to stand up and get your kid on and get ready because this is going to have to end and end soon. We can't continue to watch this sort of thing happen. It's just unbelievable. And what a great example here that Mark set for what it is to be a leader amongst your soldiers and what it is to speak truth even when everything's coming against you. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. 
Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>